So we are on Daf Mem Gimel Amud Bet in uh, about two thirds of the way down. Um, yeah, Tan Rabbanan. So it says like this: Tan Rabbanan. Just give me a sec. Tan Rabbanan. So we were talking about in the previous uh, shir about brochas on uh, things that smell on rayach. So now, what if you have two things? You've got the one thing you you thanking God for the smell, and the other thing you thanking God for the food. So the example is Tanur Abanan. Have you lift name shamen v'yain? If you if you have before you bring before the person uh, shemen like this beautiful and uh, uh, smelling oil or wine. Beshama Oimrim. Beshama says oichez a shemen. You you hold the shemen. You hold the oil. Beyamino in your right hand because you're going to say the brocha. On what's in your right hand. This dialogue is you when you say a brocha on something that you can hold, you should hold it in your right hand or even both hands. Um, hold it in your right hand, and one in your left hand. So according to you first make the brocha on the oil, and then you make the brocha on the wine. Why? Because according to him. Uh, the smell is straight away when it comes to the oil, right? You get it straight away. You you take it, you smell it, You it's, the smell is already there. So it's the first thing you kind of get benefit on, and therefore you say the first brocha on that, and then you say the brocha on the wine, because there you have to actually do an action. You drink it and swallow it. Um, whereas Beit Hillel says, No, you say the brocha on the wine first, and you say the and the brocha on the on the oil second. Why? Because um because the why is it because the um the it's more substantial the wine because that actually satisfies your stomach. It, it, it you know you get pleasure from it inside of your body. Whereas when it comes to the pleasure from the oil. That's uh, only to your nose, and it's also quite transient. It's, it's quite quick. So he holds that the oil is secondary to the to the wine. Mavarech aleyain v'chozem mavarech alashemen. V'takoi barosh hashamesh. And if you once you've got the oil, so now you you put it on your hands because uh, you use it to clean your hands to make the brocha afterwards. Bekanamazon, um, you like anoint your hands with it to for hygiene. Um, but and then you with your remainder, uh, you put it on the head of the waiter. Can you imagine doing that? That's quite a tip. You like put it in his head. Um, obviously, it suits him because he's got oil in his head now, and it suits you because you got it off your hands. But if this uh, the waiter who brought you the oil is a tamechokem who tachu then you can't rub it on his head. Why? We'll see because it's not fitting for a tamechokem to go out. Um, outside into the marketplace with uh, some perfume. It's a bit suspicious, you know, if you've got a Tamil Chochem with beautiful scenting things around. Interesting Shiloh today for aftershave or for uh, uh, cologne. Tachu um, Bukoito, so he rubs it on the wall. Mipnei Shigenai Le Tamil Chochem, let's say Lashuk, because it's, it's not fitting, it's disparaging for a Tamil Chochem to go out into the Shuk, Shehu Mavusam, when he's perfumed. Now we're going to see, once we're on that topic, as is the way with Gomorrah, we're going to kind of segue it into a topic that's not really connected to brochas, but is connected to 
this idea of the, what, how it's fitting for a Tamechokum or what's rather not fitting for Tamechokum to go out in. So Tanarabon and Shishitvarim Kanai Lolo Tamechokum, there's six things that it's, it's disparaging for a Tamechokum to go out. Al Yetzay Keshumu Busam. First, you mustn't go out with perfumed. You mustn't go out alone at night. You mustn't go out with patched sandals. And when he's outside in the marketplace, he mustn't speak to a woman. And he shouldn't recline in a group of ignoramuses. Like people that don't either keep halakha or are, are, are ignorant of halakha. And he shouldn't be the last one to the Beit Midrash. And say another one, he shouldn't take very big strides. Right. And he shouldn't walk with a very upright uh, posture. Now, what the Gemara is going to explain these different uh, types of behavior and what's wrong with it. Shouldn't go out when he is uh, perfumed. Amarebi into the mockers. Amarebi Abba, Bereid Rebi Chiabar Abba, Amarebi Yochanan Bamokmishach Hashudim Al Mishkav Zachur. Why? Because it's uh, people, if you got perfumed, uh, you people suspect you of uh, being a homosexual, or not being a homosexual, but acting in a homosexual way, which is quite fascinating. You know, it was obviously something that. If men went out, perfume, it's quite feminine, and uh, that's what I understand, and it's, it's suspicious. That's what the Gomorrah says. Um, um, if that's the same today, I don't think so, but nevertheless, that's how it was in those days. But that only applies if you are um, uh, on your clothing, if you've got like perfume on your clothing, because then that's clearly in order to like make you smell nice. But what if you have perfume on your body? The reason why you have a perfume on your body is because it removes perspiration. It makes you smell bad. It removes a bad smell. And that's different to going out perfumed. And your hair, having perfume in your hair, is a big dummy, is like you having, a, it's like as if it's on your clothes. Va'amri la kugufoi, and some say it's it's like your body dummy. So it's a machloket uh, whether it's like having perfume in your hair is like it's on your body to remove a bad smell, or it's like on your clothes to create a nice smell. Va'ayet say yechidi balayla, and we obviously see from Beit Hillel, by the way, that he holds. Uh, that's why he said you mustn't put it on the hair of the shamus if he's a tamachochem, because obviously Beit Hillel holds that the hair is considered like clothing. And a Tamechokim shouldn't go out at night alone because of a suspicion, meaning what's he doing out alone, all alone at night? Suspicious of promiscuous behavior. But that's only if he doesn't have a set Seder he's going to to learn with his teacher. But if he's got a set place where he's going um, at night, Everybody knows that that's where he's going and they're not suspicious that he's going to do something promiscuous. And don't go out in uh, patched shoes. It looks disparaging. It looks lowly and poor. And this supports Rebichia Barabba. 
that it's disparaging for Tamachom to go out and with patched shoes. In, so that's the first thing. Okay, so a coin, a, a should go out, shouldn't look poor and uh, downtrodden, and, and the big sign of that is having patches on your shoes. Then the Gemara is going to define this a bit more. Ini, is this so? himself, who, who just said this, Nafik, he would go um, out um, with patched shoes. So how can he say you shouldn't? Either he didn't hold himself a Tamachochum, or maybe something's a bit wrong here. Yeah. I'm a Marzutra, Bereid Rav Nachman, so Marzutra, the son of Rav Nachman, he, he defines it better. Mitloi, al Gabe Mitloi. No, that was where, uh, where, you're not allowed, where you are allowed to go out with these patch shoes. But if you've got a patch on top of another patch, you know, you've got already a tear, and then you patch it, and then you've got another patch over that patch, then that's uh, very disparaging. Velo Amran Elebepanta. But this is also where you have patches on patches on the top of the shoe. Aval begilda late lanba. But if you got it on the sole, then you don't have a problem with it. That's not considered like acting in a very poor way if you've got patches on the sole of your feet of the shoes. Uvakpanta lo amran ella buurcha. And when it, when we regarding patches on patches, we said only it's on if you like if that's your shoes that you go out in public with. Aval babaita. But if they're like your slippers or shoes that you only spend. You only walk around your house late lunch. Then it doesn't matter if you've got patches on patches. It's only when you're out in the public. And uh, this is only in the sunny season when it's warm that it's inappropriate to walk around with shoes that have patches on patches on the top um, of the shoe. But in the rainy season, late lunch. Then that hakpada, that's... That being careful, that it doesn't show that you're poor if you're walking around um, with such shoes. Why? Because the mud will hide it, um, and therefore people won't see because it's rainy. People won't see the patches and patches. I guess also you don't want to ruin your shoes by walking in the mud, so you wear like shoes that are really uh, quite damaged already. Um, okay, so then we've seen two things, and again, each one is defined and specific to what people are going to think. And you shouldn't, Tamil uh, shouldn't speak with a woman in the marketplace. Even if it's his wife, he mustn't speak long to her. And because people don't know that if it's his wife, and he thinks, you know, what's this Tamil doing speaking to this woman? Now, obviously, it, it's, it could apply to anybody, but obviously, a Tamil is held in higher regard and higher level, and therefore, his, his, and we'll see this later, or, um, she saw this in Tafiomi that uh, he has to be clean from any suspicion. Tanya Namiachi Afilihi Ishtoi. And there's a brighter that says this that even his wife he mustn't speak to in the shuk. Vafiluhi Bito and even his daughter. Vafiluhi Koito, even if it's sister. Because not everyone knows who his relations are. Now think he's speaking to some woman who's not related to him and it's inappropriate. Va'al Yasev Bachaburashalamaret. A tamachokim shouldn't recline in a meal with ignorant people. My timer. Because perhaps he'll be drawn after their ways. Now that could apply to anybody, obviously, but it's particularly damaging when it comes to tamachokim, who is a person on a very high level. She shouldn't become, shouldn't be the last one to reach the Beit Midrash. Because people will call him negligent. 
or transgressor. And meaning anybody that comes late to show, people might call him that. But people aren't so judgmental um, as to regular people. But when it comes to Tomachokham, people are more judgmental. And even a Tomachokham shouldn't take large strides. Long strides diminish a person's eyesight by one five hundredth. Um, and uh, the reason why it's wrong, uh, besides for the punishment, is uh, or the, the consequence rather, of losing some of your eyesight, is that it shows arrogance, haughtiness. And I guess if you, you know, you look, you act as if you, you're higher than other people, so you look, you make yourself look as if you're higher than other people, so maybe you get punished, God forbid, with a little bit of you, you losing how you look at others. So how do you fix this, uh, this problem of uh, if you've already done this and now you're doing tshuva and you want to not walk with such a long strides? You should, um, you should restore your eyesight by drinking the Kiddush wine on uh, Shamsha, on Shabbos night. Obviously there's some sugula, um, uh, you can see the Gemara in Shabbos there, uh, which... Uh, which, you know, it, somehow it has a sugula to bring back your eyesight. I remember I heard one person of a person who actually, like, uh, his eyesight was, was going bad, and this uh, Rav told him to look at the candles on a Friday night, um, and his eyesight improved. But he didn't tell him about drinking the wine, which is in this Gomorrah. And you mustn't, as Kamehogha, mustn't walk with a, a straight up posture in your back. Because a person that walks around in a haughty posture, even four amot, two meters, it's as if he pushes the feet of the shechina, meaning he, there's not enough space for him and Hashem, because he's, you know, walking around so arrogantly. Um, so he pushes away this, the feet of Hashem to make space for himself. As the pastor says, Hashem fills up the whole world, and uh, this man is, you know, putting too much focus on himself as if he's removing the space of Hashem. Okay, next, Daf, Mem, Mem, Dalet, Amud Aleph, the Mishnah over here. Okay, so now we're going to go back into some halochas about uh, brochas. So now, this case, you brought before the person something salty, some salty food. Um, and, uh, and, and with that salty food, you brought bread. Now, the point of the bread wasn't to satisfy your hunger. It was to placate the saltiness or the sweetness of the food that you brought. Um, uh, so the bread is secondary to the, for, to the salty food. You make a brocha on the salted food. And it exempts the hamotzi on the pat. Because in this context, the bread, even bread, is secondary to the salted food. Um, and this is the general rule. Anything which is the main part of the meal, the main food, and it has within it a secondary food. You make the brocha on the main food, and that brocha exempts you on the secondary food. You don't have to say, a broch on the secondary food. And that even applies to bread. Now this is surprising um, for the Gomorrah because since when would bread ever be something that is secondary? Is there such a case 
where the salted, the salty food is the main thing and the bread is the second thing. It is a case, the, the case of the fruit of Ginosar, which was so prized and so uh, uh, deliciously sweet that uh, in order to, I don't know, what I learned is that it, it needed to be salted because of the, the richness of the sweetness and therefore it had to be, that saltiness or that sweetness had to be tempered with the eating bread after. And in this context, the, the fruit also satiates your hunger. So it's both things. It's the sweetness and it's satisfying. And therefore it trumps the bread because the bread is only being eaten to placate that uh, very strong taste. When I went with Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan was famous for uh, his beautiful appearance and he was very, uh, he was a big man. Um, uh, he was sizable, um, uh, and uh, it says that when when he would go when they would go after Rabbi Yochanan to eat the parrot of Ginosar, which was the fruit of Israel near the Kinneret, uh, if if there were a hundred people with him, each of them, each of the hundred people would take ten of these fruits for him. And if there were um, if there were ten people with him, Manaktin and Lay and each ten each one of the ten people would take with him a hundred fruits. And each uh, hundred men were holding a basket, that were were holding three sayers a weight of uh, of uh, food of fruit. So there was a huge amount of fruit here. Um, and Rabbi Yochanan would eat all of it. And he, he would swear afterwards that he hasn't tasted food, meaning it was so delicious and his desire was for so much more that it was as if he didn't eat anything. That's how praiseworthy and sweet and delicious this fruit is, almost like dessert. You know, you can always eat more. So the Gemara says, What? How can he say he didn't eat food? What do you how can he say that he didn't eat any food? He did eat food. Anything's food, even water and uh, maybe like even lower things than delicious fruit from Israel is considered food. So how could he say he didn't eat any food? Rather say uh, he hadn't eaten something that sustains you, like a meal, meaning he, he wasn't full. Uh, obviously he ate a food, um, but he didn't eat a mazon, which mazon is like a baremina mazonot, it's something that satiates you. And he exclaimed after eating this um, that he wasn't even satiated. He still had space for more. So it could have been an exaggeration, this whole story. Maybe it's true. Not sure. But it does show you the incredibly deliciousness of this, uh, this deliciousness of the, of the, if that's a word, the, of the fruit of Ginosar. And continuing that theme, Rabbi Abau Achil Adahave Sharik Lei Dudva Putai. He used to eat of these fruit. Um, so much that he would sweat and it, w- it would create such moisture and he'd feel so, you know, satiated that um, a fly would, uh, would s- uh, slide off his forehead. Um, they would eat until their hair fell out. I'm not sure what that means. Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, who was famous for his strength, he would eat until his 
he became delirious from the richness of the fruit. Va'amalu Rabbi Yochanan and his chavruta, his friend Rabbi Yochanan, would say the Devay Nasiya to the to the house of the Nasi, who you know had some type of authority there. Va'have meshadelay Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya va'alushay avatre, and he would tell Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya, the house of Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya, that there was that uh, he, this man Rabbi Rish Lakish, this great gadol, was uh, delirious from the fruit. And uh, the house of Rabbi Yudanasiya would send um, to uh, uh, send a band of men after Rabbi Shimon Lakish to take care of him because he was delirious. Umaiti Vaita and bring him home. It's like almost, you know, getting an escort to drive you home. Ki ata Ravdimi. When Ravdimi came, ki ata Ravdimi amar. And now, once we're talking about the fruit of Ginosar, which is praising the fruit of Eretz Yisrael, uh, we continue that a little bit more. Ki ata Ravdimi, when Ravdimi came, he said, when he came from Eretz Yisrael, he says, Irachat ha'ita lo liyanai ha-melech melech There was, uh, in Eretz Yisrael, the, the king Yanai, he had a city in the king's mountain, Bahar melech Shayu moitzi mimena shishim riboy siflay tarit lokoitze saitainim. He would take out 600,000 uh, dishes of salted fish. I saw another translation of sliced tuna. He would feed uh, the workers in the in the fig groves. Those who were picking fig tree, uh, the figs of the fig trees. He would feed them six hundred thousand um, uh, dishes of tuna, um, and that just shows you how many uh, fruit pickers there were. And because of the huge abundance of fruit there. Kiata Ravin, when Ravin came um, from Eretz Yisrael, Amar, he said, Ilan lo There was one tree that Yanai had, Bahara Melech, again in this place called Haramelech, the king's hill. Shayu Arbim Gozalot. They would bring down from this tree 40 weights of, uh, of uh, young pigeons, Mishalosh Brechot, Bechoidesh. From three broods every month, meaning there were such a continuous amount of new uh, young pigeons being born, they would remove a huge amount from these dovecotes, from these trees, every um, three times a month. That's how abundant uh, Eretz Yisrael was. And again, I'm not sure if there's an exaggeration here, but uh, it's trying to prove a point of how abundant the productivity of Eretz Yisrael was. Tiata Yitzchak Amar. When Rav Yitzhak came from Israel, he said, um, There was a city in Eretz Israel, and its place was called Gufnit. Um, there were 80 pairs of brothers, all Kohanim, meaning there were, there were, I don't think you could have 80 brothers, but there were 80 pairs of brothers, sorry, meaning there were two brothers, there were 80 sets of two brothers each um, who were all Kohanim who would marry two other girls meaning one brother, one sister one brother, one sister and they would marry each other who, and their girls were also Kohanot so meaning their yichas, their line from the tribe of, of Aaron was so meticulous and they were so careful and that was a praise of Eretz Yisrael that they were so careful in living in such a way where they kept the yichas, the their heritage, so carefully. 
And in contrast, Ubadku Rabbonin Misura Vadnardo, and they checked, the rabbis checked from in Sura and Tulnardo, which are two major towns in Babylon, which is not Eretz Yisrael, Velo Bar, and they only found Bar Mibante de Ravchista, um, they found two, um, uh, the daughters of Ravchista, Dehavu Nesivan Lerami Barbarchama, um, uh, and who were married to Rami Barbarchama, um, Ulamar Ukva Barchama, and they were two brothers, right? So you had two daughters of Ravchista married to two sons of Barchama, of Chama. Um, so there, in that whole area in Babylon, you could only find one pair that married another pair. And even though the women were Kohanot, Inu lo havu but the brothers weren't. So meaning, even when they managed to find two brothers to marry two sisters, only the one set, the sisters were Kohanot, and the brothers weren't. Which even showed, you know, that the, that the yichas going down was uh, very hard to maintain in outside of Israel, but in Israel somehow they were able to maintain it. Um, Amarav Rav says, Kosudash back to the saltiness. Any meal that doesn't have something salty in it, well rather salt, it's not considered uh, an appropriate meal. You know, you always have to have salt at the table. That's what it seems like, yeah. Um, some learn it that it's salt some salty food. Any meal that doesn't have according to here is a lot of gravy. I saw another explanation, uh, like uh, some some type of uh, of uh, of food of uh, of of like soup. Um, that's not considered a chashuv meal. Um, uh, so there, what it's saying is, is, of course, it's considered a meal, but it's not considered a uh, a chashuv meal. Something you know of importance. Um, and so you have to have salt at the meal and you have to have gravy or some type of, you know, condiment on the food. Okay, now we're going to the next. I've got uh, nine more minutes according to Zoom, guys. Um, uh, might have to restart if you don't mind. Um, uh, just uh, if you don't mind, just to finish off a bit more, please. Um, okay, so it says like this. Um, if you eat, um, this is also very interesting, Gomorrah about a Mishnah about eating the fruits of Eretz Yisrael. Achal anovim, if you ate grapes, uta'inim and figs, verimoinim, and uh, pomegranates. Mavarek achareihem, shalosh brachot. You say the bracha after eating the these fruits, you, you say the three brachas. Which three brachas? Bekadamazon. You hear this, guys? You say Bekadamazon after eating the, spe- the, the from the seven species of Eretz Yisrael. We know you say Bekadamazon for bread uh, made of wheat, one of the five grains. But Rabban Gamliel, and this is the words of Rabban Gamliel, Div Rabban Gamliel, he holds that if you eat any of the seven species, and um, we'll see, um, you say Bekadamazon. Um, the sages say Bracha Achat, Ma'inshalosh. No, you say the Ala Peirot. You say that after Bracha, which uh, is different to Bona Fashot, but which covers the special fruit of Eretz Yisrael. Rebekiva, he's got a different opinion. Even if you eat a boiled vegetable, and that satisfies you, that you ate and you were satisfied, you have a delicious steak or something like that, and you're full, you say, 
because the Pasuk says, you, you say a bracha and, and you eat, and if you're satisfied, you say, and that's how Rabbi Akiva paskins. Obviously, we hold like Chachamim, um, and Rabbi Akiva says, if somebody drinks water um, to quench one's thirst, you say a first bracha of shakor, that's only for water that quenches your thirst. The Gomorrah says, if you need to bring down food because you like got it stuck in your throat, then you wouldn't say shakor. He holds that, you know, the borena fashot that we say after water, he holds, you say it as a before bracha, borena fashot. That's the bracha for water when it quenches your thirst. Gomorrah. My time at Rabban Gamliel, what's the reason for Rabban Gamliel? Um, that he says that if you eat one of these uh, fruits of Eretz Yisrael, you should say, because the Pasuk says a land of wheat and barley, and then it lists the five fruits. It's at the bottom of the page. And then it says, Eretz Ashelot Miskanot Tochal Balechem, a land that you will not uh, will not be uh, at a land without scarceness. Ochtiv, and then after that, in the similar context to eating the five, the seven species of Israel, it says Vachalta Vesavata, you shall eat and you should be satisfied. Uvarachta, and you say Bekanamazon Et Hashem Lokecha. So you see from here that according to Rav Gamliel. Since the seven species of Israel is mentioned, and then two, uh, two psukim afterwards, the bracha, the, the midst of benching is mentioned after that, you bench after the, the seven species. It's clear. The Rabbonin are, oh, but Rabbonin don't hold that way. How do they get out of it? Rabbonin, Eretz, Hefsik, Ha'inyan. They say that this word Eretz that's in the middle is unnecessary. Eretz, Asheloyim, Muskunut. Tochal Balechem, that Eretz is, it's, it shouldn't be there. It's extra. So what's it doing there? It's coming to separate the matter. So there's seven species, then Eretz. The Eretz that blocks out the next Pasuk, which is the Achaltavazavatavarachta, which is only covers the five grains. And they learn it from elsewhere. That Achaltavazavata is coming for the five grains. Rabban Gamliel, oh, but Rabban Gamliel, what's he going to do with that Eretz, right? That extra word Eretz. Eretz hifsika inyan. Hahumi boilai, he uses that Eretz to learn out. Lemeuti akoises etachama. Achita. One who eats the wheat or barley in an unusual way, without processing it into a flour and making a bread from it, i.e. just eating it, you know, as the wheat kernels, there, that you don't blench for. Because that's an unusual way of eating. But if you eat uh, the, the wheat or barley that's made into a flour and made into a pastry or bread, or you eat one of the five, gray, the five species, the fruits of Israel in their normal state, then you do say, Birkat Amazon after that. Amar Yaakov Aridi, Amar Bichanina, Koshu Machameshet Haminim. So this is, they're going to paskin. Anything that's from the five species, but of grain, but zonot. If it's made into a pastry, you say bereminem zonot. Uvelosof bracha achad shalosh. You say alamichia after grain produce. Amar Rabba Amar Barmari, Amar Koshu Anything from the seven species 
that Eretz Yisrael is praised for, but Chilam Avarech Borei Priya Eitz, the five fruits, you say Borei Priya Eitz, Uvelosoif, Beracha Achat Mansharosh, and then you have that Baracha of Ala Perot, which um, kind of has those three themes, Bracha Ma'ain Shalosh, it's one Bracha, but it covers the three uh, themes of benching, which is thanking God for food, thanking God for the land of Israel, thanking God for Yerushalayim, and then finally the fourth one, which is Rabbinic, is thanking God for the mitzv- the miracle of Hatova Meitiv, where the people of Beitar were there after the Romans uh, conquered Beitar and they pillaged the city and they were so angry with the Jews of that rebellion that they left all the bodies there without burial. And uh, when they when they were allowed to go and bury the dead, years later they found all the bodies intact and not uh, decayed, so that they could give them. Uh, burial and for that we say Baruch Atova Meitiv that Hashem gave the mer- they, the good that He allowed us to bury them and Hameitiv the extra good that they were still in a in a condition to be buried. Okay, so that's Bracha Achad Meinchelosh. So we see here that for Mizonot foods you say Alamechia and for the fruits you say of Eretz Yisrael you say Ala Perot. Amalei Abayla Rav Dimi My Nihu Bracha Achad Meinchelosh. What is this Bracha? That's a summary of the three brochas, of the three themes of benching. Amalei uh, apiri on the on fruit, the eights on the fruit of a tree. You say ala eights valpri eights, vaala tunuata sadev. So you thank God for the fruit and the fruit of the tree. Sorry, the tree and the fruit of the tree. Val tunuata sadev, and the produce of the field. Val eretz chemda tova urchava. And on so there you thanking God for the food. And now you're thanking God for the land. And the desirable, good, and extensive land which you bequeath to our ancestors. To eat of its fruit and to be satisfied with its goodness. Now we only ask for Yushalayim. Uh, have compassion uh, on, the, on Israel, your people. And on Yushalayim, your city. And on uh, the sanctuary, the base of Migdash, and on the altar. And rebuild Yushalayim quickly in our days. And bring us up to there. And let us rejoice in it. Here's the fourth brocha. Because you are the good who does good. Okay, that's the brocha on the after brocha you say on fruit. The after brocha you say on. Uh, on um, on uh, on bread, on the five species, the five grains. Um, you, so guys, we are about to run out of time. If you wouldn't mind, please rejoining the Zoom, and we'll just continue for a little bit longer, just to try and finish a bit into the next page. Okay, thanks so much. Let's rejoin in a second. Those who are listening to recording, apologies for the delay. The Zoom just ran out of time.
<laughs> well done, strong man, like a good defender in a soccer team. Huh? Um, uh, okay, Eitan, you there? Okay, so now we're going to say the after bracha, we're going to learn about the after bracha of grains. The chameshet aminim um, and uh, the five grains. Al ha-mechia on kalkala, on the provision, mechia, uh, what gives you life, v'ala kalkala, and sustenance. Val and the produce of the field, because wheat and barley and all that raw oat spelt all comes from the field. I learned actually that wheat, wheat, um, there's wheat uh, and barley, and I think rye and spelt are connected to barley, if I'm not mistaken. And wheat, uh, wheat, uh, what's it? Wheat. One black. Oh, oats, oats and rye, I think, are from barley, and wheat in, is spelt and one blank on another one. Um, wheat, barley, raw, oats, and spelt. Oh, so raw and spelt are connected to wheat, apparently. Okay. And you end the, the broch of alamechia with alaaretz valamechia. And even though they seemingly two different topics, right? And we learned elsewhere that you should always conclude the brocha with one topic. Um, nevertheless, these are the similar topics because... The land of Israel is where the produce comes out of. So you, when you praise the land you, and the, the produce that comes out of the land or the fruit that comes from the tree, it also is uh, praising the land. Mechtam b'may chatim. So what, how do you, how does one conclude? Ki ravdimi amarav chatim barosh chodesh. Just as Rav ended the, the brochan rosh chodesh baruch, even though he seems to be mentioning two different topics here, which is Hashem who sanctifies Israel and uh, who sanctifies the head of the month, the Rosh Chodesh, um, nevertheless they considered one topic because Hashem is the one that sanctifies Israel, who then sanctifies or who announces the new moon. So it's not two different topics as one topic, or they're connected. Hachamai, so to here, what do we do? Um, so, sorry, so now we say, so to again, we, we conclude with the, the both topics. So now, if you look at the afterbrocha of Ala Perot, you'll see that uh, there's two different endings. It says, Hachamai, how do we end off the brocha of the fruit of the, the five the, the brocha over the five fruits of Israel. Rav Chista, Amar Rav Chista says, You should say, Bless you Hashem, on the land and on its fruit. Rav Yochanan Amar, On the land and on the fruit. Amar Rav Amram, Rav Amram says, There's actually not a This is us and this is them. What's this? The two different opinions are, um, Rav Yochanan who says, Ala Perot, He's referring to Eretz Yisrael, um, where, and that's why Rabbi Yochanan was in Eretz Yisrael, and he says, ala perot, whereas, um, that's what's ala aretz, vala perot, is Rabbi Yochanan saying about Eretz Yisrael, that you say on the land and on the fruit. And Rabbi uh, Rav Chista 
who was from Babylon, said on the land and on its fruit. So basically what they're doing is they're saying, when you're outside of Israel, you need to mention that these are the special fruits of Israel. So you say its fruit. Whereas if you're in Israel already and you're eating the fruit of Israel, you just say the fruit. So this, we don't paskin like that. We paskin like what's coming. Rav Nachman Vayisak. Rav Nachman Vayisak attacks this and says, Inu, is this true? Achli, they, they eat the fruit. Uh, so like, they eating the special fruit of Eretz Yisrael, and we in Babylon bless them and their fruit. We're not eating their fruit. We're eating the same species of fruit, but it's our fruit in Babylon. So how can we say, we, how can we eat our fruit in Babylon and bless their fruit in Israel? Rather the opposite. Rav Chista says, Ala Aretz Vala Perot. Rav Chista is the one in Babylon who says, you say over the fruit, even though they're the five special fruits of Israel, there you say, Ala Aretz Vala Perot, because you're eating them in Babylon. Rav Yochanan Amar, Ala Aretz Vala Peroteah. Rav Yochanan, who was in Eretz Israel, he says, you say the bracha on the land and on its fruit because you are eating the fruit of Eretz Yisrael. The nafgamina is if you eating fruit in Eretz Yisrael that, uh, that is imported into Eretz Yisrael, say grapes that you import, so Mestoma, you would say ala perot in Israel. But if you're in South Africa and you're eating grapes of Israel, you would say ala perotea on their fruit because it's about where it comes from, not about where you eat it. Okay. Amar that's my understanding. Amar Avitzak, Baravdimi Mishum Rabbeinu. Ravitzak said in the name of Rabbeinu, Al Habi Al Abaya Valminei Kopra, on eggs and on over all kinds of meat, Berchila Mavarech Shakol. You say your first brocha Shakol, on meat and eggs. Uvla Soif, and as an after brocha, Borei Nefashot Rabot, you say Borei Nefashot Vachulei, right? That's what we do. For Shiakol. But according to him, that the, you don't say it for other things. Aval yarka, but vegetables, law. You don't say burn fashot after vegetables. Why? Because it's not significant. Rabbi Yitzchak Amarafilu Yarka. No, even for vegetables, you say an after bracha burn fashot. Avamaya, but water, which is less significant, law. You don't say an after bracha. But Rav Papa Amar Rav Papa says, Afilu Maya, even water, you say an after bracha of burn fashot. And that's how we paskin. Mazutra, Avid, Karav, Yisak, Bar, Avdimi. Marzutra, he went like Rav Yisak, Bar, Avdimi, um, who said um, on, only on eggs and meat, you say, Bar, Nafashot. Rav Shimi, Bar, Ashi, and Rav Shimi, Bar, Ashi, Avid, Karav, Yitzchak. He went like Rav Yitzchak, who says on even vegetables, you say, Bar, Nafashot. Vesimanach, how, how do you remember who said what? Chad, Ketrei, Vetrei, Kechad. In the one says like the two, and the two says like the one. If you look here, it says Marzutra, who's one, he goes like Rav Yitzhak Bar Rav Dimi, who's got two names. And Rav Shimi Bar Ashi, who's got two names, he goes like the one name, Rav Yitzhak. That's how if you want to remember it. This Gomorrah shows you how important it was for those learning Gomorrah to have mnemonics and ways of remembering who said what. Not just... Uh, what's the halacha, but who said which? Amar of Ashi, Ana Zimna, if I can, when I, whenever I remember, and there's a, there's, I'm not sure why it says it, but there's Mepharshim that explained what he mean whenever I remember, Midekarni, when I remember, 
Avidna Kukulu. I do like all of them, and that means I go like Rav Papa and say a Borena Fashot even on water, and that's what we do. Tnan, it says in a, as a proof for what we just said, Koshatan Brocha Lacharav. Um, anybody, any case which needs a brocha afterwards, an after brocha, tone brocha lefanav, needs a before brocha. Yeish, and there are those cases, she tone brocha lefanav, that needs a brocha before, ve'ain tone brocha lefanav, but they don't need an after brocha. What does that show you? There are things you say a first brocha for, but not an after brocha. Now this supports those two opinions above. We said that for eggs and meat, you say a before brocha and an after brocha, but not for vegetables. And the other opinion says, no, even for vegetables, you say an after brocha. Um, but again, but the last opinion, Rapopa, he says you even for water, you say an after brocha. Now, where in the world would he have a case like this brighter that says there's a case where you say a before brocha and an after brocha? And if I had time, I would ask you and you could probably work out an answer for him. Bishlum baravdimi yarka. That's Brysa makes sense because it excludes, um, it makes sense for Rabbi Yitzhak Baravdimi because it excludes things you would say a Shehako or an Adama for, but you wouldn't say an Afterbrocha for, like vegetables. Le Rabbi Yitzhak la Pukamaya. For Rabbi Yitzhak, this brighter is good because it excludes saying an Afterbrocha on water, which is what he holds. El Rav Popa, but what about Rav Popa? La Pukimai. What's this Brysa ex- excluding where it says there are things you say a before brocha for, but not an after brocha? La Puki Mitzvot. Um, to exclude Mitzvot. Hey guys, remember we say a brocha's on mitzvahs. Take Tfilin, for example. We say a before brocha, but we don't say an after brocha on mitzvahs. And that's what the Brysa is saying. There's things you say a before brocha for, but not an after brocha. Oh, Gemara says, But what about those who come from the West, from Eretz Yisrael? That after they remove their tefillin, they do say a brocha. Do you know that? Where after they've worn tefillin the whole day, they take off their tefillin, and it's learned from a pasuk, that there's a, there's a mitzvah to take off your tefillin because you have to guard them from uh, wearing them in, at times when you, your body can't be clean, which is at night. And you fulfill a mitzvah by doing it. So you would say a brocha after you take your tefillin off, according to the Western people from the West. Blessed Hashem, who, uh, who, we, who, we guard, who guards his statutes. So according to him, according to those in the West, we do say a brocha after mitzvahs. At least one mitzvah, tefillin. Who's this bright excluding? To exclude uh, smells. There's nobody that holds you say an afterbrocha on a smell because it doesn't set, it doesn't stay in your system. It just fleetingly passes through your nose. Um, and that's where the brighter. So it could be that you say an afterbrocha on water, but not an afterbrocha on smells. Am a rebi yanai. Am a rebi. Rebi yanai said in the name of rebi. Koshu kabaitsa. Anything um, that is uh, the size of an egg. Baita tova mimenu. Listen to this. Bit of advice regarding dieting. Um, anything that is the size of an egg, there's nothing packed with nutrients more than an egg. You can take anything, any other food that's the size of an egg, an egg is much more nutritious, or it's more nutritious than anything that shares its side. Size. Kiata ravin amar tava biata me gul galta. When ravin came, he said, a uh, uh, 
a, an egg that is slightly roasted um, is better mishita kaisi suta than six kaisis, which is six logim of fine flour, which is a lot of flour. More nutrients in an egg than that. Kiata ravdimi amar tavabiata mugulgalta mishita matvita. When he came from Edge Israel, he said a, a fully baked uh, egg, a fully roasted egg, is better than four, um, four, uh, four of these measurements of flour. Koshu kabaitsa baita tove menu bisra. But when, uh, but he also added that um, as if it's the same size as a uh, um, a boiled egg, then um, um, the the next be- the in it's it's got the most nutrients in is a boiled egg in that size except for meat. So if you've got meat that's the same size of an egg, it has the same nutritional value as a boiled egg. Okay. Um, so now now we we said like this that Rabbi Akiva he says Afilu even if you eat um, a cooked vegetable and that satisfies your hunger, you need to say Birkaramazon for have you ever heard of a thing where a boiled vegetable satisfies your hunger? I'm a Rebbe Ashi. No, there is a case. The Kelach, when it comes to cabbage, a stalk of cabbage, Shokruv, Shanu. That's a type of vegetable that's cooked that does satisfy you properly. Um, but, you know, if you, it's hard for, for us to get full on salad. Tanra Bonan, Tokol Now we're talking about uh, the benefits of food, we're going to discuss a little bit more. The tuchol, uh, which is, uh, I saw in another translation, which is uh, like spleen meat. Um, here it says malt. I don't know what that is. Um, it's good for your teeth. But it's bad for your bowels. Kreishim, uh, horse beans, um, are bad for your teeth. But good for your bowels. Any Vegetable uh, that is raw, it makes your complexion go pale. Any vegetable, that any food that's not fully grown, underdeveloped, it's going to make you get underdeveloped. And if something is something that had life to it, it gives you life when you eat it. And anything that is uh, near to the nefesh, to vital organs, and we'll see the Gemara explain that's like, meat from the neck area because that's where the shritas takes place that also gives you life kruvla mazoin um uh, cabbage we see is for sustenance like we mentioned earlier utradin lerefua and uh beets are for healing oiloy labayis woe is to the home which is your stomach um shalefet or very petoko where lefet which uh is a it says your vegetables but i saw it's, a, it's another type of vegetable I think it's a, a beet or something, um, uh, which uh, passes through your stomach. It's not good for you. So now we're going to go through that whole list of uh, of types of vegetables and see their qualities. Uh, this this milt or spleen meat is good for your teeth, but it's bad for your stomach. Now, how do you do that? How can you eat it without swallowing it? So it's good for your teeth, but not bad for your bowels. You should chew it, for it's good for your teeth, and then get spit it out so it's not bad for your bowels. Uh, these horse beans are bad for the teeth, but good for the bowels. Uh, how do you get it down into your stomach without going into your teeth? 
um, you should cook it a lot and make it soft and then swallow it without having to chew it. What is about this vegetable that makes your complexion go pale? This isn't referring to all vegetables. It's saying that when you eat vegetables, after you have bloodletting. So you're already you're a bit weak and the vegetables don't help you and you go even more pale. If you eat uh, vegetables before the fourth hour of the morning, you can't talk with him. Because those vegetables so early in the morning make your breath smell bad and not only smell bad, but it's actually damaging to people that are talking to you. And Rav Yitzhak adds, it's forbidden for a person not only to be, not only to be in the presence of somebody that eats these uh, raw vegetables early in the morning, but it's for it's bad for you to eat these raw vegetables in the morning. These three men, were sitting. I to Kamayu Yarachai Kodem Arbashat and uh, some of these vegetables were brought to them before four hours. Ameva Ravashi Achel. Ameva and Ravashi, they ate the, the vegetables. Umarzutra lo Achel, but Marzutra didn't. Amrulai, so Ameva and Marzutra said to him, My Datich, what's your opinion here? The Amar of Yitzchak, Kola Oicho Yarach Kodem Arbashat, Asulasapir Menu. If you hold, Mishumrecha, if you hold that. Uh, the vegetables are bad for you, then why are you talking to us? You should leave us, because we ate the vegetables. We ate it and you're talking to us. No, I don't hold like the one opinion, where it's bad for you to sit in the presence of people that ate vegetables. I hold like the other statement, the Rav Yitzchak's for a lie, that says, the Amar Rav Yitzchak, Adam uh, there you you shouldn't eat. It's not about being in the presence of somebody that eats his vegetables, but it's bad for you to eat vegetables so early in the morning. Okay, guys, well done. Shkoyach. We did nearly a, a daf of Gomorrah. Big shkoyach. It's cholamoid. We should learn extra on cholamoid. Um, but big thank you for joining me. And please, God, uh, we should have a moadim lesimcha.